Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Are you glad to be here tonight? Let's close our eyes and share with a prayer for a moment. Father, thank you for a great opportunity to be in your presence, to receive your holy word. We pray for the spirit of humility and wisdom and direction. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we have had a very powerful time um, of um, revival. Is that not so? And we are very grateful to the Lord. So today I want to talk about follow, the follow-up ministry. How you can be involved in following up. Now, the follow-up ministry. Amen. I'm going to give you um, five steps to following up successfully. Amen. Now, the target for this follow-up ministry is very simple. Amen. The reason why I'm teaching this to you is because I want to suggest something tonight. And what I want to suggest is that we will all decide to achieve the follow-up of one person and have one person in the church whom we can say we followed up and the person is in the church. You see, that sometimes we, we say things like, um, uh, when you go and preach and nobody gets saved, what, what verse do they use? The word, yes, he shall, the word shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper wherever I've sent it, and so on. Now, it is a very nice thing to quote that scripture uh, whenever we don't get any converts. Amen. To encourage ourselves. But, yeah, we want quality and we don't want not necessarily quantity, but quality. These are the kind of ideas that we have. But, I believe that we need also to be able to have some people we can point to as evidence of the fact that what we are doing is real and is good. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen. So, in as much as um, we are doing the work of God and we are doing uh, a lot of evangelism and so on and we, we have Isaiah 55 verse 11 to console us all the time. I want us to have people that we can point to that I have witnessed to this person this person gave his life to Christ because it is important uh, because God does not send us, Jesus did not just minister to the multitudes but there were individuals 
whose names were mentioned as people who were affected by Christ and by his ministry. Amen. With real people that could point to, and after he left, people like Mary Magdalene and and so on, they were physical evidence of the fact that Jesus was really ministering to the people. And then we have the Matthew 8, 16, where the Bible says, when evening was come, they brought unto him all that were sick and all that were possessed of the devil, and he cast out the spirits with his word that it might be fulfilled, which was said by the prophet Isaiah that himself took our infirmities and healed all our diseases. We have the multitude, but we have the individuals as well who were ministered to by Christ. So it is important. And as we go along as a, as a church, right, we always have people we can point to and say, you see this person? I once witnessed to him and he gave his life to Jesus. You see this person? I followed him up and he's in the Lord. You see that person? And, and then that serves as a balance, amen, to the general ones which we can't point to anything. Are you listening to me? So there must be somebody you can point to and say, I brought this one to Christ. I remember a particular day, a few days ago, somebody wrote to me a letter. Can I just at this time say thank you to all of you who have given me uh, birthday uh, wishes and all your love and your presence and your gifts and your um, everything. I want to say thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Please clap for yourselves in Jesus' name. Okay. Thank you. Now, I am saying this also uh, I remember a few days ago I had a letter from a, a gentleman from Kumasi and um, he's, he, he, I, did, I don't know him I don't know who, 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 who he is but he wrote and he said um, he's just introducing himself to me and that uh, he was born again about four years ago when we had a crusade in Kumasi outside the stadium you know outside on the roadside there we had an East Gospel crusade there just by the roadside and he got born again there he said since that day he joined the church he said pastor kakra and kumasi has been his father then after he has listened to everything that pastor kakra said he has grown up the, in the lord then after that he's in the now in the university in university of cape coast and elder landy is now looking after him over there and he's growing and he's writing to me to he takes me as his grandfather for me to know the effect of my ministry on his life and on the lives of other people amen now i'm saying this testimony because i mean i just got this letter a few uh, days ago and you sometimes you go and do a crusade and it looks like you know some people came to give their life to christ and it's like so who is saved afterwards what is there what is the use of all this crusade after we don't seem to see anybody but you see people are really being converted and so there must be the individuals that we can point to as people that we have followed up this person is born again this person i followed him up and there he is in the church he's now a shepherd this one is now a pastor this one has become this this one is getting married i remember when he gave his life to christ and so on and so on and so forth so i am teaching you this short message today not because i want to say something but because we want to flow on in the flow and the spirit of the revival that God has given us. We didn't know that we were going to have so many souls saved. We just came and had a revival and then lo and behold, so many people gave their life to Christ. More than all our coming Krumah, Circle Crusades and all the things we've been doing, we see that we baptize more people than we've ever baptized before. I mean, God himself has taken over. So it's up to us to do something called follow up. One to one, that's all. 
I, want to do, I don't want to place on you any higher burden apart from one convert whom you can say that me, I have followed this person up. And that is it. And if you think I'm talking about the other person, you, you get what I'm trying to say? Then be healed in the name of Jesus. Because an evil spirit is sitting on your shoulder ministering to you that it is for somebody else. So five steps. How many would like to know five steps to having a, a, a person, all right, followed up, all right? Now, let's read Galatians chapter. First step is prayer. Prayer for the converts. Amen. Now, let's read Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. The work of God is a spiritual endeavor. It's a spiritual Activity. It's a spiritual achievement for somebody to be saved and to be born again and established in the ways of the Lord. Is that not so? Amen. It says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. What does it say? My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Amen. You see, he says, my little children. What is your child? Your child is somebody you brought forth. Somebody who, what, what is a child? When you take a husband and a wife, they have an activity together. And that joint activity gives rise to a child. Is that not so? Now, in the realm of the spirit or spiritually, we have an activity and that activity gives rise or produces children, spiritual children. What is the activity that produces the children? It's the prayer. It is the preaching. You get it? It is the working for the Lord. It's the zeal of the Lord. It's the anointing. That's the activity that gives rise to children. Just as in the natural, an activity between a husband and a wife produces a child. An activity in the realm of the spirit produces a child. Is that not so? All right. So, um... Uh, when the activity has taken place and the child has been brought forth, it is our duty just as it is the duty of the mother and the father who brought forth the child into this world to look after the child, to buy clothes for the child, medicine for the child, uh, uh, take the child to nursery school, take the child to uh, primary school, to secondary school, to university, and so on. It is our duty as people that are born of the Spirit are you listening to me? Are you still around? To ha- create, a, 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 a help these ones we have brought forth to grow up properly. Now, if you do not grow up properly, it is because your parents did not, often it's your parents who did not look after you. Amen. Many people would have turned out differently if they had had parents who had told them certain things. Amen. My father wanted me to be a doctor he told me to be a doctor i mean it's as simple as that i wanted to be a vet in fact i didn't know what i wanted to be i didn't want to be anything at a point i just wanted to serve god you get it and my father directed me and told me to do medicine and so i remember when i went for an interview at the medical school in 1982 to be, uh, to be taken or not to be taken 
uh, into the medical school, they asked me a question, why do I want to come to the medical school? And I was surprised and confused because I didn't want to come to the medical school. I didn't have any plan. I just had passed and I had done very well. And so I was one of the first 10 in the whole country, if I was the fifth person, to go for that interview. And so when they asked me why, I was startled. And then I paused a moment and I said, I want to heal people. (laughs) Are you listening to me? Because I was being influenced by my parents, my father and so on, to take something up. And I'd also done well in the school, but it wasn't like my vision. So a parent is very important in the guiding of a child to become what he will become. If, you're, if you follow the dictates of your child, your child will go astray. All right. So Galatians 4.19, we are talking about follow-up. We are talking about how you can personally follow up only one person so that there will be one human being in the church who can point to you and whom you can point to that this person followed me up. All right. And, and step number one is to pray for the converts that we have won. And in step number one, we are using the scripture, Galatians chapter 4, verse number 19, which says, My children, the people through whom, I mean by whom I have done some activity and they've come to existence, those people, I am praying, travailing again, that Christ should be formed in you. Christ should be formed. What is Christ? Christ is a prayerful person. Was he not a prayerful person? What is Christ? Christ was a holy man. So when we say Christ should be formed in you, it means a holy person should be formed in the Christian. When we say Christ should be formed to you, we are talking about a righteous man. The Bible says he was somebody who was righteous. He said because of your righteousness, the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Christ. So when we say that Christ should be formed, and Nutra said, Christ, Christ, Christ should be created in the person. So when we see the person, we are seeing righteousness. Amen. When we say Christ should be formed, we are looking at somebody who goes to church. The Bible says, as was his custom. He went in to enter into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. A Christ-like person goes to church on the Sabbath day. You get what I'm saying? Us is the custom. You must have customs. You must have habits. You must have things that you do without thinking. That's called a habit. A habit is something you do without thinking. It will help you. And you must have good ones. And you must have spiritual ones. And they will help you when you do the Idahosa, Archbishop Idahosa, you know, he died uh, in the morning. He was sitting down with some friends and he died. You know, that, that man had some good habit. They had, they had a habit of early morning prayer meeting every day. So on the day that he was going to die, you know, he had an early morning prayer meeting. Anytime he was at home with his people, he would go and have this early morning prayer meeting with the Bible school, with the Bible students, with the church and everybody, early morning prayer. So he got up as usual and he went for his early morning prayer meeting. That was the day that he was going to die. You see, the day that he was going to die, the habits that he had formed, you get what I'm saying, was helping him to be in the right place at the right time prior to arrival. 
If he had not had that habit, maybe he would have been doing something else that morning. But he had the habit of having his daily early morning prayer meeting with his people. So he had that habit, and then from there, they were having a women's meeting, and he went for the women's meeting, and he came home with some guests and so on. He was in the house drinking, and he asked for some, what do you call it? heavenly juice, and he sat in the chair, and he was gone. That's all. In a flash, in a moment, he vanished from this earth. So there are some customs a good godly person has, and Christ had custom of going to church. So when we are praying for the convert that Christ should be formed in them, uh, we are praying that, that those type of customs of having quiet times, of having prayer times, of having going to church. Jesus went to pray early in the morning. Early in the morning. He waited on the Lord. He fasted. A person who was preaching. I mean, when we talk about prayer, and so these things will not come automatically because the person has lifted his hand and said, I come, I want to give my life to Christ. Paul said, my little children, in, uh, my little children is the people whose, through your activity that you had, it, they came out. Are you aware that you are, as a result of an activity between your father and your mother, one moment it happened and that activity made you exist. In the same way spiritually, you just have to do one activity and then new people come to exist in the body of Christ. Just one activity. That's why God wants us to preach. It's the activity that brings forth people. Amen. So we need to pray. Brothers and sisters, the work of God is not by might, it's not by power. Even as God wants us to do follow-up, most people have in mind that we are going to visit them, we are going to anacazo them, we are going to bring them, we are going to force them to come to church. Let me tell you something. The work is a spiritual thing. It's 80% prayer and 20% talking. Something. You see, the reason why a lot of the follow-up does not work is because God is not working it out. Spiritually, nothing is happening. Talking, look, there are a lot of motivational speakers and good. It's different from preaching. Now, I am learning, even as I'm growing as a pastor, less talking, less meetings, less administration, less of everything, more of me and my God. The Bible says we should labor to enter into his rest. Because we can accomplish more by resting in the hands of the Lord. At the end of the day, it's God who's going to save the people. It's God who will change their minds. It's God who will tell them it's time to come. It's God who will keep them on the track. It's God who will, who will form. Bible says, I'm laboring, I'm traveling that Christ should be formed. He was traveling because he knew that it had to happen spiritually first. But you see, we, 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 we feel that if we don't do something, nothing is going to happen. Amen. Are you listening to me? But the Bible says that the priest must not wear clothes that make him sweat. God does not like sweat. What is sweat? Sweat speaks of your human efforts, energy, 
struggling. I followed up people who never came back. One time somebody told me, you cannot be a personal Holy Ghost for somebody. Do you understand that statement? And Nutra said, what the Holy Ghost will do, you the human being cannot do. So you cannot turn yourself into a spirit and be convincing the person. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he shall convict us of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. It is the Spirit of God on somebody who makes him think and realize about sin and convicts the person. And I was following up somebody with all my heart, with all my might, with all my strength. And somebody told me, you cannot be somebody's personal Holy Ghost. When I put two and two together, I realized that he was saying something. When I considered what he was saying, I realized that I was putting in my energy to try and achieve something that only the Holy Ghost can do. When I put those two things together, I realized that I must rest and trust in the Lord. And so it has been. Sometimes when I see the people coming to church, I just don't, I don't even know what made them finally come. Because when I tried, they didn't come. When I used my sweat, which is not pleasing to God, they didn't come. When I got tired and I started to trust in God, then they started coming. Ah. Because it is Christ or God who can form Christ in somebody. So if you don't pray, you cannot have people being genuinely saved and affected. Can I have an amen? amen. Young Gicho, he says he came to a crossroads. I'm not preaching for long. Those of you who are planning to sleep, I'm just about to end. If you are planning to go to bed now, I don't know what you do when we say the grace. So there's no need to go anywhere. Amen. I'm not preaching for long. Hallelujah. I say, I say, Listen to me. As a young Cho said something, he said he realized that when he had 3,000 members, the members were calling him. Hey, when you give birth, and your children will call you. This one this one. The ones who don't say nah will say, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy. Like that. And it never finishes. the time come, you have to put them aside and say, hey, look, I need time. And so Young Gicho said that he, he goes a crossroad, 1963. <laughs> a crossroad in his life. He had 3,000 members. In 1963. Oh, yeah. Anybody who has a big church has been a pastor for a long time. Don't forget that it's one of the main principles of church growth. In 1963, he decided that instead of following the people and visiting and doing all those things, he would rather pray. And some people said, we will leave the church if you don't have time for us. If you don't do it. He said, he chose it. He chose it. That was the best decision of his life. Then the church began. 10,000. From the 3,000, they moved to 10,000. And from 10,000 to 20,000. Nobody had heard of a church with 20,000. From 20, nobody had heard of such a thing before. 20,000, they went to 50,000. 
Then he started to believe God that if I can have 100,000, is it possible? And he moved and they had 100,000. Then they put them in the Guinness Book of Records as the largest church that has ever existed before. From 100,000, Lord, if only you can give me 200,000. Then he, he had from 100,000 to 200,000. 200 to 250,000. Lord, if you can do it. He said one day he went for a holiday in Japan. He had 300,000 members. He said, I had everything in my life. He told his wife, let's go for a vacation in Japan. When he went for the vacation in Japan, he told his wife that this is a vacation. His wife said, I don't believe. He said, oh, right now he has achieved everything in life. Because he had about, I think about 300,000. He has achieved everything he needs in life. He has a car. Chauffeur, he has a chauffeur driven car, he has a car with a driver, he has a house, he has a, a church, the largest church in the world, 300,000. So he called his wife, his wife said, I don't believe. So they went for the, the vacation. They were in the hotel when the Lord spoke to him, 500,000 members. And he increased his vision to 500,000 members. And from 500,000, 700,000. And now I think he has about seven to 800,000 members. Amen. Are you still in the church or you've gone home? And that came by a decision to trust God for the people to be saved and to be transformed. So step number one is travail. Travail. Let us not sweat. One day I had a vision and I saw one of my pastors out there in the sunshine. And I felt that he was in the wrong place, struggling, sweating, doing physical things which he was not supposed to be doing. But God wanted him to be in the inner court, praying and waiting on a light in the incense. Every time that we are gathered together in his name, there he is also in power and in strength. Let us continually offer the sacrifice to him, for it is good to sing praises to our king. Listen, God wants us to be in the inner court lifting up our hands lifting holy hands worshipping, lighting candles and incense and eating the shoe bread the shoe bread is the word and then instead of that we are following land and various other things oh yeah because you see, in, in the, the, among the people of God, there were the Levites and then the other 11 tribes. The Levites, the Bible said, they would not have even one plot of land. Maba. Because they said that the Lord was their portion. They should share land for everybody, but the Levites, no land. Their land is God. And that their work should be about the holy thing. Priests should be selected. And that they will minister. So they will be in the court of the Lord. And the people will work. And as they work and they get the, uh, the, 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 the cattle and the lambs. They will come to the Lord with the tenth. The tenth. One tenth of, of all that they would. And they will bring it to the priest. And the priest, the, the liver, they will receive it. And they will give it as a heave offering. Heave offering means that you wave it like this. Ooh. 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 It means it's gone to the Lord. Then the priest will take it home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's, have you heard that word before? Heave offering. Heave offering. Yeah, you heave offering. <laughs> and, then, and then they would burn the, fa- the richest part. You see, in terms of oil, in terms of what could produce fire, the richest part were the fats. So you hear, if you remember, behold, to obey is better than to sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. The fat that comes, you see, around the kidneys, if you open, next time you have a chance to watch a surgery, when they cut like this, you see yellow, it's yellow, it's fat. And around the body and the different parts is fat, and the fat of rams. They will take the kidneys and other things and the, and the fat and they will bear them to the Lord. That's the richest part. And then the priest will take the thighs and other parts. <laughs> oh, Christians. <laughs> so you see, God wants his servants to believe in him. It's not easy. Even today, today, God wants us, the pastors, to have faith in him that he can look after us. It, it's a step of faith. It's a walk of life. And if you're not prepared to do that, you're not prepared to be a priest unto the Lord. It's a step of faith. And people will look at you, laugh at you, say all sorts of things about you. But that is a life of consecration to the Lord. That's why God said, take up the anointing oil. Put it on his forehead. Put it on his thumb, his left thumb and his left big toe. And put the blood on his head and the blood on the thumb and the blood on the toe. To separate and consecrate and sanctify them to the Lord. They are separated from all other human life. And to wait on the Lord and to minister about holy things. If you can't do it, you can't be a priest. Thank God for the lay ministry. But there is a ministry where you just wait on the Lord and you you present things to God and you trust him. I'm learning more every day. Amen. I hope you're also learning more. Amen. So number one is to pray. Step number two is visit them with IDL visits. I'm giving you these visits, IDL visits. IDL. IDL stands for identification and location. So you must identify and locate the homes of the converts. Amen. Now, it is not possible to follow up somebody unless you identify the house of the person. <laughs> It's really not the reality. And locate it afterwards. So I want to say that Christianity as we know it involves identifying people. Look, one of the things that I, and I think I'm about to find it because I found some old documents of mine. I have had maps from the age of 16. I was 16 years old when I was in from five. From, from, or from four, whatever. From that age, I've been doing follow-up and drawing maps to people's houses. I will show you that. If I find those maps, I'll print them in a book for you to see that it's real. Nobody paid me to do it. I've been doing it for years. If you are not prepared to go to somebody's house, Jesus Christ came from glory to walk amongst us and walk amongst people who did not appreciate it. They were so far from even his disciples. 
Some will behave like Satan today. Another one will do this. This one will not believe. This one will doubt. He flowed with all these guys for three and a half years. And at, at the end, he said, I have many things to tell you. You cannot receive. They were still not ready to receive a whole lot of things. Yet he came to work amongst us. People who hated him and so much. And he spent time with us for three and a half years. He ministered and he went. And we are not prepared to go to somebody's house. And you say that you want to be a pastor. A pastor of what? And a pastor of who? Who are you going to look after? Looking after people involves identifying and locating the people's houses. I don't do so much visitation now, but I still do visitation. Even today, I've done visitation. Get a call, you know that you have to go. It's as simple as that. You just, there's no, and you have to know where the people are. How do you not go if you, if you don't know where the people are? You go where? Go, just be going. So the first visit is to identify. If you are in this church, you are a drummer, you are a guitarist, you don't know how to identify and locate somebody, your value is very limited. Drumming is not ever, even now you can see we are having church without drumming, we are having church without guitar, we are having church without organ. We don't need it. They are extra added ons, they make worship nicer. But we can do without them. But we can't do without the souls. Sisters and brothers, if you're not prepared to locate somebody's house, identify, be able to, and when you start to get to do it, you will know when somebody tells you, oh, when you reach that kiosk, when you reach that uh, place, you see uh, this, they are pretty mother babies, uh, 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 homemade, uh, 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 what, uh, uh, bread, or what, pies, or something there. When they preach in Sasta, you turn right, and then the first left. When somebody tells you, when you say spirit, the person tells you, turn right, first left. Emale, carefully ask him, okay, is there a right, a left before that left? He said, ah, okay, it's the left, but it's not a real left. There's another left. He said, aha. From experience, you realize there are about three left turns before the real left that is coming. Before the first left that he's talking about. <laughs> but only experience can tell you. If you've never done the work of God before, all I'm saying is like cinema to you. Oh yes, church, church work involved, and that is why when people start to do the work of God, they begin to realize that the thing it is hard. It's not an easy thing. <laughs> Walking through the sun, I remember one day I went to find somebody after I've located. I went with my friend, Cesar. We went far when we got to the house. I said the person, the person opened the door. Said, yes, I said no. We we have, we have come to visit you. We have come to visit you. We have come to visit you. And the person said, eh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm cooking. I said, we have come very, very, very far. Even I used a map to come here. That I'm cooking. So, so, I, so, so I, we should go. He said, oh, okay, I'm, 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 I'm busy now. So I said, can I talk to you for a few? Okay, what is it? That's all. And then you visit them. And you hear all sorts of things. But if you are not prepared to do that, brother, continue being in the church and keep watching us. That's all. You are not a worker. You are just an attendee. Oh, yeah, that's all. Your value is small. Those who are valuable, it's not people who play instruments, people who sit in the choir. Man, we can get a whole lot of people to do those things, though. And the church, my church, you see, you know the church here, when we started, I said, look, Anybody who wants to be paid to play instruments, we won't pay you. That's all. We won't pay you. We don't pay instrumentalists in our church. Simple. 
Tell remember when you started, people wanted to be paid. It's like we, we are very, you know, we are session men and we have this and we know how to pay. Look, brother, if you can't play for the Lord, this, the, this, you see the road here? Be moving fast. Be moving. Oh, yeah. We don't, we have never paid, we don't pay instrument, instrumentalists. One day we had a crusade with some other churches and they were paying all that. I said, oh, instrumentally, we don't pay. We don't pay ashes. We don't pay anybody. Work for Jesus. Jesus will pay you. If you don't want to work for him, be where you are. Be where you are. Be where you are. Be where you are. But we are encouraging you to work for that because whatsoever a man soweth, he shall reap it by all means. It's God who will reward you. The Bible says God seeth. God judges in the affairs of men. Next Sunday, I'm going to preach about something during the fourth service. Whatever you are experiencing in your life, eh, begin to find out where the original seed that you planted that has given rise to those things are. So that you can begin. To, oh yeah. Because you see, we are experiencing things that we don't know how they are, we are, why we are experiencing some of the things we are experiencing. You work for God and you see how he will elevate you. I'm busy. Be busy. Be busy. Be busy. Amen. Number two, whelp visit. W E L P. And number three, step number three. I'm giving you just five steps. Step number three, whelp visit. W E L P. Number W stands for the word. When you visit, you will give the word. E stands for encourage. L stands for love. And P stands for prayer. You pray with them during the visit time. Now when you go, you don't go and talk about stadium stampede. <laughs> Wealth means W for word, E for encourage, L for love, and P for pray with them. You don't have to go and talk about whether somebody was arrested or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming to discuss with you. Uh, this, uh, do you see this man? And maybe when you go to that, they are watching television. And the person is being interviewed on TV live. If you want to minister, you have to turn off the television. Because you'll be forced to comment. Because when you see somebody surprised that he has been arrested and that he's sleeping on a student mattress. When my father was arrested from his house because of electricity bill and was made to lie on the floor at Nima police station by Rawlings and his government. Where were they? When I went to see my father lying, they have also removed his shoes and his clothes. Lying in Nima police station, being beaten by mosquitoes. After that arrest, he died. You are surprised that you are being arrested. You are surprised that you are sleeping on a mattress. Even I'm surprised that you are sleeping on a mattress. When I got to Takradi at midnight and I had a telephone call that your father has been arrested by soldiers again without charge. And then they came to film him with TV camera that Mr. N.N. Hewitt knows is in prison. And then they sent Okainja Adamafio to come and release him from the, this minister of interior to come and release him from prison. You are surprised that today you are being arrested. 
Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Oh yeah. So when you go to visit somebody and you see them on the television, you may be forced to make comments like that. But you must concentrate on the word. making a telephone call to contribute to the program even as you are visiting somebody to tell the person that you you that you are talking here are you not the same person organizing people to come and destroy churches you may even look at the person and say that you you told me with your own mouth I saw you told me with your own mouth that you released the boys who came to attack us. You told me with your own mouth. Today you are surprised that they are arresting you for uh, uh, causing whatever. You may feel like making a phone call, but you must concentrate on the word during the visitation. to remember that three years ago exactly around this time you organized people to come and break and then you may even see somebody who may call himself a youth organizer or whatever still telling them, demanding the release and you see this is the same person organizing some years ago people to come and attack us and you may feel that Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 is being applied but you must concentrate on why you came there so that you can minister to them Are you listening to me? So word, wealth visit means word, encourage, love, and pray with them. Are you in the church? You must know how to encourage the members so that the members will be encouraged to continue in Christ because not all the members would want to stay in the body of Christ you must encourage them you must show now let me tell you one of the things that a whelp visit does it it makes the people feel that they are loved and people you know what let me tell you something you may think that it is natural to have a friend a lot of people don't have friends I'm telling you something a lot of people don't have anybody who is their friend a lot of people have never been visited before by anybody nobody ever visits them when they grew up <laughs> that's the end. nobody cares for them they are nothing so who will visit you everybody doesn't want to be the friend of a poor man so when you visit them you realize that they feel the love of God and then the, third, the fourth step is Abba visit Abba 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 stands for Anakazo Biazo and Anadea Anakazo means to force them to motivate them to necessitate them to drive them to come into the house of the Lord did you see Anakazo was in action during the revival 
we had a young man who came here to testify and that person must be followed up he said that he doesn't have shoes to come to church and there was an anakazo daughter or anakazo son and the person said i'll give you my shoes you wear my shoes i'll wear yours and let's go to church and he took off his shoes and the guy wore the shoes he was surprised and he followed the guy to the church that is anakazo no no tracker. any kind of reason that they give you you find something to overcome the excuse you don't accept excuses at all leaders are people who do not accept excuses amen you overcome the excuses hallelujah the next one and the final one that is how many steps do you have so Biazo also speaks of force Anadea also speaks of Anadea is a Greek word which means shamelessness shamelessness Anadea is spelled A-N-A-D-E-I-A it means to be shameless it means, you know, it, it means that you are not ashamed you are not ashamed they may laugh at you they may say these guys are somewhere they may call us Jehovah Witness they may call us anything but we are not ashamed the Bible says a man came to ask for bread in the middle of the night and he broke down the house and knocked the house and the Bible said because of his anadea the, the King James says importunity but actually the Greek word is anadea which is translated shamelessness because of his shamelessness I will get up from my bed and I will give him the bread that he needs brothers and sisters when we show a certain shamelessness people respond to the word of God for me to be preaching to take offerings sometimes when i'm taking offerings eh, that's why when people spoil the church things i grow wild when people don't value the things that the instruments and the equipment and things that are because i grow wild because i know how i've taken my shameless face to raise money and ask people to give and to donate i know I know but to do any kind of the work of God you need shamelessness even to be called a pastor people say oh suffer they have a certain mind <laughs> you're a pastor oh yeah I'm a pastor to be full-time pastor more shame more shame comes with being a full-time pastor because you are now a Levite everybody goes to work everybody has his portion of land you don't have a portion of land all you have is the Lord people go and work and they bring offerings to the house of God and then you raise it up like that you raise it up and then you take some takes a lot of shamelessness to be a minister of the gospel it takes shamelessness to 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 start a church when you start a church and there are only two people in the church it takes shamelessness to stand and say it is a church i have stood in many places and encouraged the people and i know that i look like a kind of hezbollah or some wild man that is why people have called me all kinds of names. When I started a church at Kolebu, I looked like a crazy guy. That half-caste boy, that lean guy who is walking around, started a church. That is why a professor in the medical school called me Jim Jones. That is why one of my classmates called me Jim Jones. Because you look crazy. But if you are not prepared to be shameless, you cannot do anything for God. You will sit where you are and be nothing for God. Because you are trying to cover your own dignity and be noble and be impressive. But remember what the word of God says that those things that are highly esteemed among men are abomination to God. Don't forget. That those things which you think are, you are keeping a certain nobility and some kind of dignity. And people don't want to think people, people think a certain way of you. Those things are an abomination to God. 
be a Christian. Take up your cross and follow him. Remove your clothes like Jesus removed his clothes. Wear only your pants for all the congregation and all the choir and everybody to see you as you carry your cross and as they nail you and you look weak and, and you look like somebody who is dying without power. What a shame. If you're not prepared to go, Bible says he endured the shame for us. Some of us are not prepared. There are even people who say, who don't want to say, when they say, where do you go to church? It's all in the center of town. It's Collegono. Say Collegono. I'm going to church at Collegono. Say in the center of town. This is not the center of town. <sighs> do you also speak in tongues? Yes, I speak in tongues. One day somebody asked me, do you, do you believe in tongues? I said, Mama Kababandolo Bobo Shababalaba. That's all. And the last step don't waste your time on people who are not faithful. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, our last scripture as we close tonight. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 Thou therefore my son Timothy Be strong in the grace which is in Christ Jesus And then verse 2 says And the things that thou hast heard of me The same commit thou to faithful men Who shall be able to teach others also Amen Is that not so? Is that not so? The same commit thou to who? Commit thou to who? In other words follow up who? Commit means to follow up Commit means to follow up. Follow up who? Faithful men. What does faithful men mean? A constant, regular, somebody who shows promise. That is why when the people came forward during the revival, we asked, how many of you want to give your life to Christ? They raised up their hand. Then we told them, on, on Saturday, come for baptism. And we asked, how many will come? And they all raised up their hand. On Sunday, on Saturday, about only 290 of about 1,000 people came. So it helps us to begin to distinguish those who are serious and those who are not serious. Then we'll tell them Monday, come for new converse class. Then we begin to see again. Then those who come, we are seeing the faithful one. Faithful means somebody who is constant to his word. When he says A, it's A. When he says B, it's B. When he says I will come, he comes. When he says I'll be there, he's there. When he raises up his hand and says, yes, I will, he will. Those are the people you must commit or follow up or commit faithful things to. Not everybody. Not everybody. I don't follow up everybody. I follow the faithful ones. Because I followed up on faithful ones before. And I discovered that I am not wiser than God. Five steps to follow up. Number one. Prayer. Number two. Huh? What visit? Ideal visit. Number three. Whelp visit. Number four. What is whelp? Love. Before you leave, you must pray. I said before you leave, and you are not praying for economy. You are not praying about anything. You are not praying about the stampede at the stadium. You are praying for them to be established in Christ. Amen. You are ministering the word. You are encouraging them. The third step. Abba, which is what? Anakazo. Can you anakazo them? 
sometimes you have to go to their house and bring them to church. Biazo is what? You have to force them. Anadea is what? You have to be shameless. Sometimes you go to somebody's house and you say, uh, I, I, I have not bath. You say, okay, I'll wait for you to bath. The person have no iron, say, I'll iron it for you. The person says, I don't have shoe, take my shoe. Whatever the person says, shamelessly, you flow with it until the person is here. And what is the last step? Don't waste your time on unfaithful people. Amen. Stand to your feet and let's close. Lift up your hand and ask the Lord to give you the spirit of follow-up. Spirit of follow-up. That you may be involved. What can you do for God? Than to follow up somebody and, and lead somebody to cry. My little children, for whom I travail, that Christ be formed in you again. Father, thank you. Thank you for the anointing and the grace to be involved with follow-up. Oh, Lord, we thank you that it is not in vain that we go out there and that we pray for these ones and that we pray for them, Lord, and that we do your will and we go out there to pray and intercede, cry unto you, O Lord, that there may be a revival and that you may touch the hearts of your people. Thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed. If you are here this morning, one this evening, you want to give your life to Jesus, raise up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. Raise up your right hand. God bless you. 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 So many people are lifting up their hands. God bless you. Come to the front if you want to give your life to Jesus. Come to the front. I'm going to pray with you. Now sometimes you see people raising up their hands to give their life to Christ many times. Don't be discouraged. Amen. It, as they come ten times, they are understanding it better. Amen. So just let them come to the Lord. Let them come to the Lord again and again and again. If they want to come, they should come. Amen. All right. Say this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus. Close your eyes. Say, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my sins. I accept you, Lord, as my personal Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. From today, Lord, I will serve you and I will follow you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.